Oh, come on now. Let's get going here. How many of you are ready for the Word of God? You see, I believe this is a living Word. Amen? It never returns to him void. So, let me read to you the Scriptures as we come to the Word. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, and whatsoever things are noble, and whatsoever things are just, and whatsoever things are pure, and whatsoever things are lovely, And whatsoever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, then think or meditate on these things. And the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace be with you. Father, help me to communicate something, I pray, that will bless the church, challenge the church, help the church, and that every single one of us will move further on in our Christian walk as a result of hearing the Word of God today. This I pray in your name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. I I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, John, you're considerably older than Phil, but how is it that you look so much fitter? I I felt I needed to get that off the the, the back there. Because these days, let me tell you, to belong to a gym is something fantastic. And I've belonged to a gym for the last six years. And uh, it's absolutely a fact. And whenever I'm at home, I'll go once, twice, three times a week to the... Well, when I say to the gym, it's, it's, it's got a swimming pool, and it's got a sauna, and a steam room, and a jacuzzi... And as yet, I haven't managed to get into the gym part of it. But I certainly like the jacuzzi, the seam room, and the swim pool. And the gym that I belong to at the Hilton down in Bristol, they're always trying to get me. They're saying, John, John, when are you going to get in to lift the weights, cycle the bike, do all the press-ups and all this kind of stuff? And I said, perhaps it'll be tomorrow. But as for now, I'm going in the sauna. And to be absolutely honest... I can probably last longer in the sauna than anyone else in this room. (laughs) Physical fitness. Important thing, really. The whole thing is that if you feel good, then you look good, then that's going to help you greatly. There's a lot of books about physical fitness. There's a lot of books about life coaches. These people that will not only help you physically get to the standard of Adonis that I am standing before you this morning, but, but they will also teach you how you can become someone that is positive, someone that is successful in life, someone that understands self-worth, that you set your goals and you aim for them and you can hit them. And there's nothing wrong with any of those kind of books and teachings as well. You go to the library, you go to the bookshops, and there will be hundreds if not thousands of books on how to be physically fit, how to be mentally strong and be successful in life. But this morning, on this special occasion, I want to give to you one sentence, in fact, it's one part of one Bible verse that in a nutshell will sum up the totality of how you can be successful And how all of the philosophies that you would hear from the great uh, gurus around the world, how you can actually be the very best of all, and it comes from one sentence. It comes from Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, 
where we read this. As a man or woman, as a man or woman thinks within their heart, so he is. It doesn't begin with you doing something in order to be successful. It begins with you beginning to think something. What you think about, you actually become. What fills your mind ends up filling your life. And so in one sense, I would suggest to you that the gym might be good and the books on self-worth might be good, but actually what is far more important is what the Bible teaches us, and that is, what do you think about? And really, if I was to give a title to my message, it would be, it's time to think about what you're thinking about. It's time to think about what you're thinking about. Because to be absolutely honest, there is too much stinking thinking. And we need to do away in the Christian church with stinking thinking and begin to think on the things that God tells us to think upon. Why? Because as a man thinks within his heart, so he is. A little while ago, Andreen had uh, water in her eyes as she had heard of somebody that had gone into a toilet in Sainsbury's, it was, a couple of years ago now, I think it was, and uh, the man had performed a terrible act on a young girl. Evil, evil, evil. It did not begin with the man actually performing the act. There had been something going on in his mind before the act ever took place. Stinking thinking. On a a totally opposite way, a little boy by the name of, and I don't know why I'm quoting him because I'm a strong Liverpool supporter, but David Beckham. I did read his biography. And it's very, very obvious from a very early age as a little boy, he would kick a ball with his dad. All that he thought about was becoming a great footballer. Everything that he did revolved around his ability and skills with the football. (laughs) And of course, he fulfilled that ambition by becoming one of the greatest footballers of world-class footballers that we've ever known. Now, for Arena, for this church, for you, Christian, and you, Phil, you that are elders, you that are a part of this wonderful, wonderful fellowship, and I, I don't say that lightly, uh, the welcome that I got when I come, I just, I feel, you know this, I feel so at home in this particular church. Actually, it's tremendously important that each of us adhere to think right now about what we're going to be thinking about. Are we heavenly minded or earthly minded? Do we think about God and God's ways or more about what we desire? Is it that we meditate upon God's word and what are the purposes that God has for us more than what the Bible would call the lusts of the flesh, going our own way? You see, I want us to stop just for a few moments this morning and think about what we think about and to understand again the tremendous importance 
And the difference that there is between actually having a kingdom mindset and having an earthly, an ordinary mindset. There's a tremendous difference, you see, because in those books that I mentioned earlier, those philosophies of how you can be successful, get rich quick, and so on, they will tell you one line of philosophy which very often, paradoxically, is totally the opposite from what the Bible teaches. And we need to think, not the world's ways, but rather God's ways. Let me give you an example. In the world, it will tell you that if you want to get on, if you want to be successful, then what you've got to do, you've got to get up. You've got to get to the top. Actually, the Bible says, if you want to get on, you've got to go down. Totally a different mindset. In the world, it will tell you this, that it's all about getting, getting, getting. Kingdom mentality is all about giving. Totally different. In the world, it will tell you, seeing is believing. But kingdom-minded people realize that believing is seeing. And that it's by faith that things are brought into being. Well, we'll tell you that life is all about living. And certainly, I'm one that has promoted over the years that life is to be lived to the full. But let me tell you that the way that we live life to the full is not by going out to live, but by daily taking of a cross and being prepared to die to self, to put others first. Did you notice that even in what Phil said, that there was three days after he met Sharon, They walked out of a conference meeting and said, we determined to serve God all of our days of our lives, no matter what it will cost. And he added on a little phrase, and it cost. It did. It always does. But the cost involved is always superseded by what God pours in. Life, yes, is for living, but it actually comes through dying to what we want in order for a greater kingdom cause. Success, the world will tell you, is determined by what a man decrees. But success ultimately is determined by what God decrees. So let me throw out three little things, and then I'll finish very quick. I'm throwing them out this morning because I know that you want to get off to Alfred and all and have what is a beautiful meal of fish and chips today. Another fib. Well, it might not be because I haven't got a voice what we're going to have, to be honest with you. Here's a kingdom mentality. You ready? Number one, a kingdom mentality. It's not I, but we. It's not I, but we. I think that I think too much about me instead of we. And you probably do as well. Favorite story of mine, quote it so much, about when they went out to spy out the land. And of course, there's old Caleb and Joshua. And Caleb comes back and he says this. We can most certainly do it. Different mindset. And actually, the other guy that got into the promised land, Joshua, we read of him that he said this on another occasion, as for me and my household, we, we will serve the Lord. The key is this. To having a right spirit, having a different spirit then we understand the we principle more than the I principle. This present age, it's all about I, me, my. 
But can we begin to think differently today? I do trust that everyone has been nothing at all but blessed by what has happened today. But you know what? I know how the devil works. I've been, uh, I've been living too long to not realize that even for some, they can come, huh, well, we never get 2,200 pounds. And it can rob you of the blessing of being delighted with the we more than the I. The old Assemblies of God motto, uh, I think Paul introduced it. It wasn't his. He must have read it in some book somewhere. Team, together, everyone achieves more. So there's no I in team. There isn't, but if you're careful, there is a me. So beware. I've got a message on uh, the power of synergy. Synergy, of course, is that wonderful thing where the combined efforts of two add up to more than the individual efforts of the one and the one added together. So the illustration is you can have a shire horse at a show that might be able to pull a hundred pounds and you might have another shire horse that can pull a hundred and twenty pounds and so you would think that if you put them together they would be able to pull two hundred and twenty pounds but actually the power of synergy kicks in and the combined effort of the two, when they're joined together, may be able to pull 400 pounds. And the power of synergy in this church is this, that when we begin to think we, not I, then I tell you and prophesy that anything is possible. Alfreton really can be the first place that is totally affected by the gospel so that hundreds begin to cry out again, what must we do to be saved? All it takes is for a new mindset. All it needs is for a people to do away with stinking thinking and begin to think about what we think about and say we're going to be a part of a we more than an I. Will somebody say an amen? amen. Second thing is this. It's not if only, but what if. Stinking thinking reminds you of your past, but kingdom thinking reminds you of your future. Consider this. Not if only I hadn't done that. Have you ever thought that? I mean, I, I've thought that. If only I hadn't done that. I've thought that more than anybody else in this room. I can almost guarantee it. If only, if, if, only, if only I hadn't done that. But actually, kingdom thinking begins to say, but... What if I never did it again? It's not if only, but what if? And so many folk, they get locked into the prison of past failures. Instead of letting go and letting God involved. You know, are you ready for this? This is simply for you. I've never ever done this before, but I feel a song coming up. A Frank Sinatra song. Are you ready? Hang on a minute, I've got to look at the words here. <laughs> Regrets. I've got a few. But they're again too few to mention. I'm not going to sing anymore because I can't sing, but never mind. What if I could? Regrets, I've got a few. He says, but they're far too few to mention. He wasn't looking in that song at the past. 
And we've all got regrets. Every single one of us. Perhaps even regarding this last week or the, the last six months, there's been things that we've said or we've done and the devil comes along and he robs us. But kingdom thinking says, hey, but hang on a minute. It's not a case of not if only I hadn't, but what if now I learn from this and never do it again? Different mentality. Because as a man and a woman thinks within their heart, so they are. It's not, if only I was more talented. You ever thought that one before? You've looked at other people and you've thought, oh, if only I was more like them. If only I was more talented. But actually, kingdom thinking is, what if I use the giftings that God had given to me? Because there's every single one of us here that can contribute to the we of Arena Church. And we all need the one another. We shouldn't concentrate merely upon how can we change ourselves. But perhaps we ought to think, how can we change our circumstances by actually using the talents that God has given to us? Oh, Moses, what a stutterer, what a bloke. I mean, he had no confidence. He said, but I can't even talk correctly. I said, but what's that in your hand? I can give you an errand that will speak on your behalf. Of course, he's one of the greatest leaders that's written about in the whole of the Bible. Because he realized that 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 he had when it was given to the Lord became something totally miraculous. I want to say to you, every single one of you here carries things within your gifting that when presented to a God of the impossible can take that and you can make something of your life and make something of the, towards the whole greater than you've ever, ever realized. Kingdom thinking. It's not if only I was more talented, but what if I used the talents that God had given to me? It's, it's not if only I had more, but rather how can I give more? You know what? I don't know whether you ever have enough. You talk to the people that have got a load and they, they, they want to make the next dollar, the next pound. They want to make the next million. <laughs> next million. I mean, imagine that. It just doesn't seem... No, no, what about, instead of saying, oh, if only I had more, what about if I can give more? Yeah. I've I found that, actually, when you give into the work of God or the things that, that God leads you to give into, it's impossible to go bankrupt. It's impossible to, to, to be out. See, uh, I bet, I'll bet you this, that if you had a job not in the church, you could earn more money than what you do get in the church. And if you couldn't, I definitely could, let me tell you that. But I'll tell you this, you'd never have a moment like this. You'd never have a moment where you sense the love and be presented with something that is just such a, a blessing. Oh, I want to say... That it's not a case if only I had more, but how can I give more? It's not if only I had longer to live. You're probably beginning to think like that right now. <laughs> it's all right, given a few years, you'll have forgotten what you thought about anyway. Do you <laughs> this age thing, it's a funny thing, isn't it? It's funny age, funny age. Now, where was I? <laughs> I'm at that stage of life. When I bend down to do my shoelaces, I think, now what can I do while I'm down here? You know, <laughs> then I get up, having forgotten to do them up in the first place. It's one of them. 
But it, it's not if only I had longer to live, but what if I lived today as if it were my last day? See, I am going to enjoy coming to Alfreton Hall. I, I, I'm enjoying this moment. I mean, sure, the future is rosy. Monday and Tuesday, we've got the NLT meeting. It's going to be great. We've got a meeting together tonight to determine how it's all going to work out. Looking forward to that as well. But actually, if you're not careful, you, you miss out on the journey. You always want what's down there, and you always remember what's back there. I'm enjoying being here right now. I feel like, I feel like singing again. Regrets. I've got it. No, I won't go there. Come on now. Kingdom thinking. It's not if only I could be more like my hero or heroine. But what if I became a hero or heroine to someone else? Mm. Stinking thinking is all about if only. Kingdom thinking is all about what if. And the third thing is this. That it's not, it's impossible, but rather with God. All things are possible. See, many of us require a fresh mindset, a paradigm shift from can't to can, from no to yes, from unbelief to faith. This has been, for me, my worst year ever in the natural sense. I mean, you, you know that my wife was not well from Christmas onwards and you know, I had to have half of a bowel removed with cancer. Uh, she goes in for another little operation, I think, later this month or certainly next month. Nowhere near, a, nothing serious, but just to clear things up. And just when you think things can't get any worse, they can. And you get other news that can kind of rock you and hit you and everything like that. Uh, and, and, you know, it's all right preaching this stuff. It's a different thing to live it. it, it anybody can get up and talk to you about faith. And can tell you, you know, how you've got to believe. I want to tell you that this book works. I give you a testimony to the fact that God is good. Have I wept a lot this year? More than any other year. Has it, has it been my toughest year? No point in, in denying that. Yes, it has. Uh, it's, it's, been, it's been, dear me, it's just been a rough year all round. There's been loads happening. But let me tell you, God is still God. And God is still a good God. And whether, whether it is that things work out how you want or they don't want doesn't alter the fact that God is still on his throne and he's declared, hey, listen, all things, say all things, all things work together for good to those that love God and accord according to his purpose. It isn't just in the good days when you can have that scripture. It's on the bad days as well. Oh, I want to testify to you that... It's not, it's impossible with God. All things are possible. And we really do need to do away with stinking thinking. Yeah. We, we need to change our mindset. In the Bible, we are exposed to the creator God. He spoke and it was brought into being. We're introduced to a loving savior who came and died in our place. We're introduced to the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit who equips and empowers a God we're introduced to in this scripture here in the Bible to whom nothing is impossible. So listen to me as we begin to draw it to a close. What do you want from God today? Begin to think about it. Begin to dream it right now. Allow your thinking, allow your faith level to rise up. 
You want a physical miracle, then he heals the body. You want a financial breakthrough, then he provides for the needy. He can even put money in fish's mouths. You could go to Sainsbury's on the way home and buy some cod, open it up, and there can be a five-pound note. <laughs> you say impossible, read your Bible. God can do the impossible. You want an emotional breakthrough? Oh, I've got news for you. Is your heart heavy? Mine's been pretty heavy this year. But the Bible is true. He binds up the brokenhearted. Oh, some of you might want a meteorological. I'll just put that down because I thought it was a good word. A meteorological miracle. Well, he can calm the storms. He only has to speak peace, be still. And it is so. Christian was saying earlier on that some of you have had perhaps bad news, seemingly bad news even within the last two weeks, difficult situations. But you just need to know there is a God that can say, peace, be still. He can calm the storm. You need a spiritual breakthrough. He delivers the demon-possessed. He saves the lost. He restores the backslider. I want to say, is there anything? Is there just anything that's too hard for our God? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Stinking thinking is all about unbelief. But kingdom thinking is all about faith. And so, it's time to think about what we're going to think about. We can most certainly do it. What if we let go and let God? And nothing is too hard for the Lord. And I read to you, when you get home, just turn to Philippians 4 and verse 8. Begin. To do what I've done many, many times in the course of my life, but many, many times this year. I've sat down and read over and over again, meditated and thought about those seven primary things. Whatsoever things are noble. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of a good report. And if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, then spend your time thinking about those. Today, of course, is a very, very great occasion. In the life of the church and in Phil and Sharon's life as well. But in 1969, another, even probably more significant day on planet Earth happened. When somebody declared this, It is but one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind. As Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. Richard Nixon was the president at that time, the United States of America, and he declared this on that occasion. The planting of human feet on the moon is the greatest moment in human history. Obviously, it was a little overzealous. <laughs> and it took Billy Graham, the famous evangelist, to set the record straight. During one of his crusade meetings... He said this, 
with all due respect to the President of the United States of America, the greatest moment in human history was not when man set foot on the moon, but when the infinite, eternal God set foot on planet Earth in the person of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus, the greatest name, the greatest person, is here this morning. What for? To remind us of the fact that you can be very, very successful in life. I'm not talking about a big house, a big car. I'm talking about knowing God's success by simply allowing that verse of Scripture to dominate you, to inhabit you, to cause you to go from here changed. Because my Bible tells me it's as a man or woman thinks in the heart, so they Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer, shall we?